0: I'm going to go through just and to rehearse but I won't speak in depth to some of the principles we've discussed up to this point except to mention them but um, if you got the new note it's on page 19 that I've just recently sent out but the first point being that the Yuya son has demonstrated consistent submission and obedience to his spiritual father if you have the old note I've renumbered these differently, and I've added some points in. So you might not find it if you're having the old note. But the U.S. son, the point I want to make is this, he demonstrates consistent submission and obedience to to his spiritual father. Secondly, the son knows internally that he's a mature son because he has a witness from his heavenly father within. Remember Jesus at the Jordan River, after he was baptized by John, when he came up out of the water, the heavens opened, and um, the Spirit descended upon him as a dove. And then the Bible says, a voice from heaven spoke, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The term technon is never ever used of Jesus when the Father addresses him mary and joseph used the word technon when they addressed him at 12 years old when he was in the synagogue but the term is never used of the heavenly father in reference to him the heavenly father always refers to this son as the you son so it's only the father that can affirm you as you nobody else right i might have an opinion and a regard as to where you are but really only you will know whether you've attained this by a witness or an unction that you know the Father Himself has affirmed you. And you don't need any other external validation except to know that your Father has affirmed you internally. It's a knowing. It's hard to describe because it's a witness of the Spirit. Just like He, His Spirit witnesses with my Spirit that I am a son of god i am a technon when i come into the kingdom so too you will know internally when um, he the father validates you as his you we are son it's nothing you can study for it's not dependent upon how much you read your bible how much you study it's all a matter of the extent and the levels of your obedience to his voice right and so I want to encourage you, it's an internal knowing that is probably, in my view, the most empowering feeling that the Son has. When he knows that this is not a voice and an opinion from any man upon the earth, this is the unction of my Heavenly Father validating me as his mature Son that has access to his inheritance and that can publicly now steward his Father's will before men upon the earth. That, for me, is probably the most empowering feeling. The feeling that causes you to overcome any deficiency you think you might have. You know why? It's an open heaven experience. (laughs) The heaven's open. And so the sun starts to function under an open heaven. And I really want to encourage the house. I felt this today in the meeting. There was an open heaven over us. And for me, I don't take these signs lightly. The fact that God endows us with His Word and His will in moments when we need it. right? And I really felt that unction. I felt the pleasure of the Lord in this morning's meeting. Not just with me personally, with the entire corporate um, um, flavor of the gathering. And his purpose is attendant with that in the and Toti this morning. And I want to encourage you. You can't explain that to anybody. It's something that you have to, to witness to in your, in your spirit. And um, it, it's amazing because the son is able to access the voice of his father by virtue of his connectedness to his father. And recently, I've been telling you to... Meditate. Let your last thought before you sleep be a meditative thought upon some aspect of God's Word, God's will, God's work. Right? Remember the meditative things you must focus on? And I've been training my mind to do that. So my last thought, that's why I think my dreams have been so powerful. Why? I go to bed thinking of my Father, thinking of His Word, meditating. So I'm baptizing my sleep in spiritual thought and the Father is faithful. And I want to encourage you, previously, previously, before if what happened to me in a previous season, where I go to a service not knowing what to preach, and to know that there are senior ministers from the area going to be there, all the more important to be thoroughly prepared. At one point early this morning, I thought, Lord, please speak. I mean, I could pick anything out of the hat and talk about anything, didn't want to do that. And, Lord, you have to just guide my thoughts. You know what? And it seemed like the heavens were closed. But in the previous season, I would have been anxious, sweating. I just carried on. Well, if you don't speak now, you're going to speak before the meeting. <laughs> you know? And he did. It's a matter of just plugging in. The Uweah son is very calm. You know why? He's developed an intimacy of relationship with his father. You can be in the vortex of your greatest need, but you can walk with absolute serenity by virtue of the fact that you know whose son you are. You are his son that he loves and he will take care of you. Wait for that moment in your spirit when internally you know the affirmation of the Heavenly Father. You will hear the spirit whispering, you are my son and I'm well pleased with you. You are my beloved. And you function under an open canopy, an open heaven. Amen? Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Thirdly, uh, I've mentioned in your note, point C in the revised note, that the are Son, although relating to a spiritual father, is a son of God, his father. And like I've mentioned previously, the goal of spiritual fathering is to bring you in relationship to your heavenly Father. You can have a spiritual father, but if you don't know God as your heavenly Father, you are still orphaned. OK? The Bible says um, in Psalm 68, I think it is, where God puts the solitary in families, He puts the lonely in in families, only the rebellious dwell in a dry place, right? Only the rebellious dwell in a dry place. He's a father to the fatherless, it says. And he puts the lonely in families. You can be in the family of God, this body, the body of Christ. And you can start to relate to your spiritual oversight as your spiritual father. But if you miss the goal of that relationship, then you're missing the point of relating to your spiritual father in the first place. All of your relationships with me, you must always keep this in mind. I'm placed by God in oversight over your souls. I'm fathering your spirits on God's behalf. So that you can have a strong spirit and bring your soul into alignment with the words of God you hear in your spirit. At the end of the day, my function is to motivate, cajole, encourage, and foster your relationship with God the Heavenly Father. Okay? And so I want to encourage you, don't remain orphan. There are many sons of God. Many sons of God. You are saved, you are going to heaven. Please don't misunderstand me. But you don't know God as your father. You're still orphaned, even though you might have Randolph off as your spiritual father. If you have not attained the goal for God placing you as my son, the goal is, so that you can get to know Him. So what I will do is, I will teach all of His principles from His Word to you with the express idea that you would obey what He he says. That's going to bring you into intimacy with Him. But beyond that, it's a frame of mind. It's all in the mind. It's a mentality. I want to encourage you, enter the mentality. Scar your mind with this thought that God is my Father and He will take care of me. He will never leave me, never forsake me. He will never abandon me. But you might know that theoretically. But in your words and in your behavior, you might negate that. So, I mean, you might, you might say it with your mouth. Yes, I know God is my Father. But when I see you in a trial and I see you anxious, proves to me you don't really know Him as Father. So I'm saying you can know it up, yeah, but your words and your behavior will really prove and indicate to you if he's truly your father and please don't misunderstand me he is your father technically and legally you are his son but experientially practically are we walking in that knowledge that God is my father this the you are son is completely confident you must be amazed when you study the gospels Study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I indicated to you especially, John. And just observe the calm over the Lord. Never once thrown. Never once anxious. Never once unseated. Even by a probing question designed to trick him by a lawyer in one incident. Asked him a question specifically designed to bring him into disrepute. Never once faced. Even by the threat of death not once unseated. Why? He even said to Pilate, when Pilate says, do you know that I have the power to take your life now? Calm response, he simply said, oh, by the way, for your information, you have absolutely no power over me unless my Father has given it to you. I mean, Jesus appeared before the the highest legal environment in his day. How would you like to say that to The supreme court judge today and he's about to pass sentence and he says to you I can put you into life imprisonment right now and your response is I I respect you judge etc for all you represent but really I'm so confident in terms of who I am and my relationship with my father in fact you cannot pass any sentence over me unless my heavenly father permits you to do so so what is Jesus demonstrating? I'm not living life succumbed even to earthly systems. I'm living at a vastly different level. And if it's His will that you, you, you execute me, then so be it. But I'm not bowing to you. I'm fully submitted to Him. Amen. And I want to encourage you, I'm starting to... You know, this is hard, eh? It sounds easy, but you're going to have to walk this out. And let me say this, your next difficulty, your next trial is going to be a great opportunity for you to demonstrate this. Don't be anxious at the next need. Don't be thrown at the next difficulty. I'm saying this seriously to all of us. Your next challenge, don't be discouraged by it. The next one you're going to face. The next difficulty is going to be an opportunity for you to showcase whose son you are. Right, And just say, nothing can happen to me. Nothing at all, unless my Heavenly Father permits it. I'm so connected, so devoted to His purposes. Right, Nothing on earth can happen to me. You know what He even said to Pilate? In fact, you will not even take my life because I lay it down freely. No? That's living life under the Father's rule. Amen? And I want to encourage you, start to live life under the Father's rule. Don't, don't live life as an ordinary man. Live life as a you, we son. Amen? Will you practice this? Will it be a mentality in you? Hey? Close your eyes for one second. Just close your eyes. Lift your one hand up to the Lord. Just repeat after me. Father, you are my Father. I thank you that you love me. That you will take care of me. That I am your Son. In whom you delight. I thank you that I will not be unseated. I will not be anxious. But I know you will take care of me. And that your will for me will triumph. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm taking my time with this. I'm telling you, if you don't, if if we don't, if we claim sonship, and yet we're failing in the most critical relationship, is the relationship with Him then we haven't attained the full um, objective of spiritual fathering. Amen? Now, Jesus in the Gospels was totally father-fixated. I, I use the term, uh, the Thermo often uses, he was father-centric. He wasn't Satan-centric. Right? Not looking for every devil under every rock. The devil, I mean was just dealt with him once. He was dealt with, or the devil was dealt by him once. Remember in the, in the temptation, in the wilderness, right? But from after that point, it was just him and his father, right? The devil wasn't his biggest problem. The devil wasn't a problem for him at all. It was religious folk that gave him the biggest upheaval, Right? And I want to encourage you, when your Father is your world, please, somebody write a song. My Father is my world. My Father is my all. My Father is is everything to me. I I want to stress this. Your Father must become your world. Not even your husband must be your world. Not even your wife must be your world. You must be totally in love with your Heavenly Father. Amen? So I want to encourage you, develop intimacy with Him intimacy with him ephesians 4 6 says and i've shared this with you before but i want to quote it again says there is one god and father of all who is over all who is through all and who is in all i like that over all through all and in all this is these are paul's words, and this is the ultimate god the father wants to be over all through all and in all. The fathering principle must be all pervasive. It must come out in everything we do, in our speech, in our thoughts, in our actions. Men must look at us and say, See how father fixated he is. See how father centric she is. This person is besotted by God the Father. That must be a, your greatest compliment. Father focused. Right? Your father must be your world. Tell it to your neighbor. Let your father be your world. Point number D. He has an intensely intimate relationship with his father, and he's convinced his father will always take care of him or take care of him always. Amen. Now, just to read the scriptures. Arochia knowing God as his father, the you are son has total reliance, dependence, and trust in God, his Father. And he's completely convinced that God will supply all he needs in this life, in his thinking, this is the point, in his thinking and behavior, he demonstrates this mentality. And I ask you to read, rehearse, and review the following scriptures. Matthew 6, 31 says, Do not worry then what we shall eat or what we shall, drink or what we shall wear for clothing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek for all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek His, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, what are these things? What you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what you shall wear. Three things are mentioned, what we shall eat, drink, and wear, God uh, God says, don't be overly fixated about how you're going to get those things applied. Your focus must just be seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seeking first the kingdom means many things, um, but just quickly it alludes to putting God's agenda first in your life in all departments, right? And I like to practice this in many ways. God must be the first thought in my day. My time with the Lord is very important to me. First thing when I wake up is the first preoccupation in the course of my in the course of my day, my first income for the year, my first fruits. I express him first in everything I I do. His will is first before my will, right? So my meat is to do his business first, right? my comfort is secondary to the engagement of his will now you can quote the scripture but if you're not putting him first if other things are first before him you are not seeking his kingdom first but you expect him to supply what we shall eat what we shall drink and what we shall where god's agenda is very simple if you seek first my rule my way of doing things my kingdom in your life god says You can come to the place where you will not be anxious as to what to eat, drink, or wear, because you taking care of my business, I will take care of your business. Right? And uh, we we have living testimony to this, how God consistently, consistently comes through. Amen? Uh, I marvel at some sons of God. They, They want breakthroughs, major breakthroughs, but don't demonstrate firstness of kingdom reality. You put the kingdom first. And notice, not just the kingdom, what must you seek? It says, seek ye first the kingdom, it says, and. It's not just the kingdom, it's, and, whose righteousness? His righteousness, right? And I know we are the righteousness of God in Christ, it has been imputed to us. But also there's a place for us to practice righteousness. Do things His way and the way that pleases Him. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. God will bless you when you bless your enemies, right? I told you how I recently reconciled with someone at great personal cost. But guess what I know internally as I left that institution? I felt the Lord saying, you are my son, and I'm well pleased with you. What have I done in doing that? You've put my way of doing things first. So whatever you need, I will supply And this is not workspace. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you've got to earn points with God by doing things. All I'm saying is simply follow His command. And you can live an anxiety-free life. The quicker you learn this principle, in fact, if you don't learn this principle, God will simply orchestrate events and circumstances to revisit you, revisit you, in circular, cyclical uh, uh, movements until the lesson is learned. I, I can speak like this now because... I, I was one of those where God had to come back and back until you learned the lesson. Right? But I want to encourage you. Your father loves you. All he says, if you want to be this caliber of son, for those of you that want to remain at Nepios, that's your business. And that's your choice. If you want to simply be the infant that cries out for milk all the time. But I'm saying, no, I don't want that. I want to be a Uios that does my father's business. God says at this level of sonship, I want no anxiety. saying it again, catch it in your spirit. God's saying, at this level of sonship, be anxious for nothing. Right? Read it again, Matthew 6, for those of you who have it. For those of you who don't have it, you can see it in your Bibles. I'm going to say it again because, you know, these basic things are so important. He says, do not worry, saying, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear for clothing. The Gentiles seek, the, 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 the nations that don't know God, they, these things are paramount in their thinking and their anxiety levels. But he says, but you and notice, he says, your heavenly Father knows that you need, you have need of all of these things. Not so, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. If I were you, and if you have the time, lock away yourself for an hour tonight before you sleep. Do, I'm saying, do something to draw near to Him. Get into His Word. Love Him. The greater the reality of Him fills your world, the greater the confidence you will walk in this life. And you can look at the most vexing need in front of you. and Or you can quote this verse. You can say, My heavenly Father knows. That I have need of these things. Because I'm seeking his agenda. His kingdom first. He will supply all of my needs. Amen. Here are a couple of verses we've dealt with. But I want to requote them for emphasis. Hebrews 1.5 says. For to which of the angels did he ever say. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And again I will be a father to him. And he shall be a son to me. Right? Consistently God says, I want to be your father. I want you to be my son. Let's lock into this relationship. Jeremiah thirty-one, verse nine B says, I will make them walk by the streams of water on a straight path in which they will not stumble. For I am a father to Israel. And Ephraim is my firstborn. See the firstborn Uios emerges out of the reality that He is Father. First says, I am a Father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. You can't have firstborn until the reality of Father is prominent in your thinking and in your world. Firstborn sonship arises out of a Father identity. I love the line of the song we sang earlier. It says, my identity is in your name as a as a son psalm 89 verse 26 and 27 concerning David, you will cry to me, "You are my father, my God, the rock of my salvation, I also shall make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth, right the highest of the kings of all the earth. Amen, so will you draw near to Daddy <laughs> papa? father amen will you be father fixated will you scar your mind with this reality keegan say to yourself i am god's son god the father is my father He will take care of me i will draw near to him i will cry to him you are my father and he says you cry that then i make you my firstborn firstborn doesn't just arise from anywhere it arises within one that cries you are my father and it's not just saying it you are my father the cry is a cry of reality please brethren i want to stress this note the cause and effect he cries you are my father then god says i'm making my firstborn you want to be made into this firstborn you've got to create the context and the context is the crying of father it's not just the verbalization of it, it's a reality born within you, that you are truly God's Son, and that He is your Father. Amen? Do you love your Father? Are you in love with Papa, with your Heavenly Father? Amen? Do you, us you love Papa, Daddy, our Father? Amen? Or do you love your Heavenly Father? Amen? Muera. hallelujah jaden you love our father with all of your heart soul mind and strength if, if anything i as your spiritual father can encourage you develop a very strong bond and knowledge of relationship with god our father amen next point this is another characteristic of the ueo son He is not offended by the discipline of his father But receives it as a son who is loved and so matures, producing evidence of the fruits of righteousness in his life. Now let's read Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 7 to 11, very slowly and thoughtfully. Please follow with me. This is a very serious passage. It is for discipline that you what? You endure. God deals with you as with sons. And the word sons, there is UIOS, mature sons. Just stop right there. God is saying, if you get disciplined, it's proof whose son you are. It's proof that if you endure it, you receive it and accept it, that you are demonstrating a uios position. The uios son is not offended by the discipline and the correction of his father. Right? And then it says, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? I mean, we've all had fathers, right? Uh, most of us, right? Who's known the discipline of a father? Eh? I recall one incident where Boise, my, my dad, he was a great man of God, Harold Edward Boise Barnwell. <laughs> his full name. I must have been about, I can't remember, nine or ten. And I was with my uh, uh, my nephew, Stephen. And we were playing at home. My mother was out. It was just my father at home and the two of us. We were playing in the room. And he was extremely exhausted. And he had to get up early for work the next day. We were making a racket in the room. And he kept warning us, Boys, you better tone down. But we <laughs> didn't hear that. And we carried on and the volume went louder. And he gave us several warnings. Until... He came, and he gave me a hiding, not my nephew, right? And I remember the hiding. I remember it vividly. And when I think about it, i even feeling the pain right now, <laughs> right? A, a literal hiding in the corner of our kitchen in between the stove and the fridge. And it, it he never, ever had to hit me again after that. <laughs> never, ever, never, ever had to hit me again, Right? Next time he spoke, once, yes boss, (laughs) I obeyed immediately. You know what the discipline did? And he did it in sincere love. He was a great man. I have great, huge respect for my father. But obviously we were naughty. We were undisciplined to a degree in that context. And he administered the rod of correction. Right? I recall one incident. uh, I will never forget. Cedric Krauts was my uh, teacher in uh, Wentworth High. I was in grade nine at the time. And he took us for woodwork. And uh, it might surprise you, but I used to talk a lot at school. He kept saying, Barnwell, keep quiet. Barnwell, keep quiet. Barnwell, keep quiet. And uh, so I said, now come here. And I went to his table. And I remember him. he gave me such a hiding publicly in front of the whole class. It was embarrassing, actually. The next two weeks after that, I got saved. Now, he is the leader of the Student Christian Association in the school. So, and I come, I come into this forum. And literally, the stirrings of my giving my heart to the Lord happened at the ACA meeting. And he's over. And we immediately, I don't know how God orchestrated things, I found myself on the school committee, the SCA school committee, in the same year. No, God just put me into leadership straight away. Because <laughs> he knew I must be in training for higher purposes. Mm-hmm. And I worked with Mr. Mr. Klaus. I call him Cedric because he, we became so close. Uh, we literally became inseparable. And even after I went to university, came back to the same school, and I taught with him for four years before I went to a, another school. And we still so often joke about the hiding he gave me. We'd, 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 we'd make light, light of it. But he of mine. remind him, you know, born with the hiding I gave you? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll never. How can I forget? <laughs> you know? But it was a hiding that literally put me right. right? Two, you know, I, I, never, I was a good child, fairly good child. But there was two hidings in my life, one from my father and one from Mr. Krauts. I will never, ever forget. And I never, ever needed another hiding there afterwards. What did the discipline do? It brought me to a place of accuracy. It brought me to a place of, of discipline. Right? It brought me to a place of, uh, of fruitfulness in my life. Right? And um, I, there came a time where I literally thanked him for the discipline he applied. Uh, amazingly, in the same year, by the way, I got so right, I became his star student by the end of the year. I'm talking about academically and everything. Right? Simply because of the administration of discipline. You want the best produced in you. You must learn how to handle correction. You know why? Your father is placed in the Lord over you to sometimes correct you when he sees you go off. And this verse says, For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? In fact, if a father doesn't love his son, he won't discipline the son. The discipline is proof of the father's love. But from the son's perspective, when the discipline is being meted out to him, the son feels, hey, (laughs) Pali, what kind? Why this? You see, discipline administered from the vantage point of love. It's always love and it's always redemptive to put you on the right path. It's always redemptive. The father sees... That if you continue in the way that you are continuing that you're not going to mature and that you won't reach god's purposes you won't reach your destiny in christ you can't see that you think all is fine if we live like this for the rest of our lives it's fine but the father has a view that you don't have and sometimes he steps in to present to you the word of the lord now listen to what it says here's an interesting thing It says, but if you are without discipline of which we all have become partakers, you are illegitimate children. Illegitimate child in the spirit sense is one who does not know how to endure and handle discipline, right? And the word is in the Greek, nothos, and in the paragraph after the scripture is quoted, I give you explanation of the word It means illegitimate or misbegotten, one who is spurious, one who is false. Would you like to be a true son or a false son? So the false son is one who does not know the discipline of the Lord, not so? Absalom wasn't disciplined by David, remember the scripture says clearly, wasn't disciplined. Any son that does not know discipline, will obviously rise and probably contradict purpose attendant with his father, like Absalom did, right? Failure to, to discipline. Eli failed to discipline, Hophni and Phineas. God said that to him, you failed to discipline your, your sons. And sometimes, and I had to learn this, because I would not naturally, I'm not naturally con- confrontational, I have to be by virtue of my responsibility as your father in the Lord. And it's not just a matter of being confrontational for its own sake. No, if I see this violation of principle in your life, and because I love you as an expression of my love, I discipline. It's not to produce tension in relationships, it's not to make you feel uneasy. I don't think any spiritual father is going to be conjuring thoughts about how am i going to make gail's life miserable next week sunday <laughs> those thoughts are far from us not so our thoughts are only good our thoughts like the father's plans and thoughts for your only good plans my thoughts for toward all of my sons in the lord as i believe every true spiritual father's thoughts are is only for good what can i do more to help them progress. What more can I do to help them reach their goal, to reach their destiny in the Lord? Right? And very often, listen carefully. He, the Father, wants to discipline you. Guess who is going to use? Me. Sometimes I complain. Lord, you do it yourself. <laughs> Why must I step in and speak on your behalf? Now in this instance. Right? course, there's no for that reason I put you there. Remember, spiritual fathers, according to Hebrews chapter 13, we watch over your souls, not so. We're watching over your souls. Leaders, generally elders, watch over the souls of of, of the flock. right? And we see the areas in your soul that are unbending, unhealing, still hard and rebellious to the leading of God in your spirit. We have to step in and give counsel. And sometimes it's corrective. Sometimes it's reproof in fact the bible says all scripture is profitable for doctrine number one for correction reproof training in righteousness but two words are negative correction and reproof right Uh, paul said to timothy preach the word be instant in season reproof Rebuke with all long-suffering. Here's the father telling his son, Timothy, don't forget to keep preaching. And the way Paul describes it is, keep on reproving. Keep on rebuking. Right? At, at one stage he said, do it publicly, so all may learn. Right? All may learn. I want to encourage you. You still want Ueos. <laughs> you still want Ueos. My spiritual father is a loving, tender, kind man. But love can also be tough. And at times when his love is administered in toughness, we know his heart is from a position of deep care and concern for those of us that are his sons. But he has to listen carefully. You you have got to train yourself as a son, that when your spiritual father is placed in your life to guide you, sometimes Even to oppose a view that you have on an issue. Because he sees a greater reality. Right? He sees a greater reality above your view. Right? Sometimes there's issues. It might be not of sin. There's issues of guidance, counsel. Issues of timing um, that you need to take heed of. All part of this disciplinary process. And sometimes the best thing is simply to say yes. Because you trust the principle that he... That he represents. Now let's just read this, complete this. Furthermore, we have had earthly fathers and they disciplined us, and we respected them. I guarantee you, especially the learners here at school, the teachers you respect the most are the greatest dis- disciplinarians at school, right? It goes with the territory, right? The, the one that doesn't care, let anything goes. you even start to in your own self lose estimation and esteem for them but the people that are are concerned that things be done proper and protocol be observed they are usually esteemed not so why should it be different in the kingdom why is it listen carefully yes the not 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 characteristic of this house it's a general um feature in the church and i I might be guilty of over generalizing when i say this but generally spiritual father disciplines a son there's all kinds of reactions in the flesh to that process. But the ad says, but your earthly father, he disciplined you, and you haven't lost respect for him. So he said, why don't you, why don't you maintain your respect for the heavenly father who functions representatively in an earthly spiritual father? Right? The writer of the book of Hebrews says, what applies to one context must be equally applicable to another context. Amen. So are you ready for more discipline? If if it has to come. Okay? I'm not saying it, it need to come, but the Bible says endure it. Stand up under it. Endure it. Endure it and handle it like a UEOS. Don't handle it like a nothos. Nothos is illegitimate. Tell you that we're not a nothos. I don't want no Nothoses here. Okay. even the word sounds bad Nothos like nothing (laughs) you know I don't want to be a Nothos I want to be a uios. a Nothos is an illegitimate false spurious son and guess what what is false something is false when it parades as true it's among the true it says yes I'm your son too I'm in the milieu I'm in the mix also a son and yes the asset is please learn this lesson you quickly know who your sons are when you have need to discipline them and you check their reaction. Then you know whose who's are yours and whose are not yours. The sons that reject discipline are not ours. Sam said this a few schools ago. He said, don't even try to discipline anybody that's not yours. Because you are going to get a carnal reaction. You only discipline those that you know are your sons, because then you know they have the ability to handle and endure. Amen? So discipline actually reveals whether you are Euios or whether you are Nothos. Hmm? Then it says, furthermore we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us, we respected them, shall not much rather we be subject to the father of spirits not bodies as our earthly fathers are, yes the father of spirits and live if we are subject to his fatherly discipline for they disciplined us for a short time as best seemed to them but he disciplines us for our good so that what we might share in his holiness. And here's the punchline, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Isn't it true? Who's ever been disciplined and said, hallelujah, I've been disciplined. Woo, glory, hallelujah. I'm on top of the world. I've just experienced the discipline of my father. <laughs> the Bible says, no disciplined seems joyful for the present moment you don't like it. it's not a good it's not a good feel but it says afterwards it heals the peaceable fruits of righteousness so you are disciplined so that you might be partakers of your father's holiness don't focus on the unpleasantness in the moment in which is administered rather focus on what is this Going to, be, going to produce. Amen? Focus on the afterwards. Don't focus on the now. The now is not pleasant, but afterwards it produces a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Practical righteousness. In the last statement, in that last paragraph I wrote to you, the Son embraces discipline as a necessary part of both these progression into maturity, as well as a significant feature of his ability to endure it, thus denoting him as mature. It says we must endure it. Everyone say endure. So discipline is something that you you, you, you you set yourself up to to endure. And there might come a time where I'll have to discipline you over some aspect or another. and it comes in various ways, comes in counsel. It's not always harsh, it's not always hard. Uh, but it's always motivated by love and and concern. And you're, you must just posture yourself, God is treating me. Here's the thing. You just tell yourself when it happens, just remind yourself, no matter how unpleasant it is for the moment, because there's no discipline is pleasant for the moment, you just tell yourself, wow, God is dealing with me as a son. And the Bible says in another verse um, that every One that God loves, He chastens. So God's chastening, even to your spiritual father, is evidence of how much God loves you. So next time you are disciplined, let's say about some issue, and your friend gets to know it, and your friend says, "Wow, you were you disciplined? You were brought into order." Your response must be, "No, see how I see how much I was loved." the discipline is evidence of the degree to which you are loved and all the parents whose children are present said <laughs> i say it again the discipline is simply a note to you of how much your parents love you same is true in the in the spirit you see if they didn't love you they wouldn't care let you go on your merry way but because they are concerned they step in and they they apply the discipline. I wrote here as an additional note. I'm not sure if it's in the note, because I also have the old note. I just have writings and additional notes in my own notes here. Never allow, this is an important point, never allow the discipline of your father to lead to a souring of relationship with him. Never allow the discipline of your spiritual father to you as a son to lead to a souring of the relationship between you and him is it there or well, to some degree let me just add that in you know why because you mustn't react to the discipline as a carnal man see he knows best even though i can't see it his way but god put him in my life or her in my life to watch over my soul and they have my best interest at at heart so there will be nothing they do to that to victimize me or nothing for my ill, but they will do everything for my spiritual progress. Okay? You know what Jesus, when Mary and Joseph said to him at 12 years old, shut the program down, come back to us, with us to Nazareth. Remember? You know what the Bible says? When he said to them, I must be about my father's business. The Bible says, and they did not understand what he was saying. Even at times, It might seem as though your spiritual father is understanding the process of the will of God attendant with your life. But there's an instruction. God is testing your heart as a son. And when Jesus said, no problem, even though you don't fully understand, but I know, but I will subject myself to you. When God, the heavenly father said that, 18 years later, the heavenly father said, my Uios, in whom I am well pleased. Hmm? This is a hard road. Eh? Right? these things are hard brethren but i speak to the mature tonight right so i share a view with you over your destiny that even in your own estimation you might conclude he doesn't fully understand yet you submit to the principle i'm telling you you will reap the favor of the lord and heavens will open over your life there will come a time when the heavenly father will say my son in whom i am i'm well pleased amen my son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. I think we can stop there.